what a beautiful Tuesday morning it was. The sky was clear, it was blue, not a cloud in the sky. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. We have a breaking story, though. We're going to come back with that in just a moment. So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. The plane has hit the World Trade Center. My daddy served in the Army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard till the day that he died. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. There's another one. My mother, my brother, my sister and me. There is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. The whole side has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed. In the land of the free. And the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. As soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye. Man, we lit up your We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the third and final hour of the Tobler Show this weekend on a very special 9-11 edition here on the 20th anniversary of the worst incident to ever hit America's shores, of course, the falling of the Twin Towers and then all that followed. Recently, the events that have gone on in Afghanistan and um, with the ongoing COVID crisis, the political division, it's, it's such a difficult and turbulent and divided and time in our country's history and uh, we relive some of those moments as producer Max Foise has produced that beautiful montage reminding us of that day but also celebrating the great American spirit that buoyant in your face to evil spirit that uh, used to be directed outward toward foes from abroad and now in the past oh 10 years or so have become directed at Faux foes, <laughs> false foes, created foes um, by politically interested factions in this country. And it's been difficult to watch for those of us who love America and our founding principles to see our country uh, at, that just 20 years ago was so united after that carnage of that day. People falling from buildings. By the way, it was just five minutes ago that the second plane hit the tower. And last hour, as we talked to Megan Mobs, who served in Afghanistan, and it was one of the military board appointees of Donald Trump with a three-year term who the Biden administration has just asked to resign. And she said no. And so did Kellyanne Conway. And so did Sean Spicer. And what I think the Baker's dozen of them said, no, we have an, an obligation to fulfill this mission on our boards and we will complete it. And by the way, Obama appointees were there during the Trump administration because these are supposed to be bipartisan, non-politicized boards to provide input to the military apparatus. And it's funny, as she came on, Max was playing the <laughs> some sound about the first, uh, the first plane hitting the tower. And it was at that very moment that the moment of silence was observed in New York City. 
I mentioned before the top of the hour break, Max, that my wife, who monitors the show, and boy, you ought to see the stink eye I get when I when I make a mistake. Ooh, it's just terrible. Um, no, but it's good. She's my worst critic, and as an associate producer, also is involved in sending us stories and keeping mm-hmm. us uh, involved in you know production throughout the week. She came home the other day from an eye exam uh, in a in a nearby community. And I, 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 she has to tell you what she sound, what she saw, because I don't know whether you've seen it in your area. I've not seen it be reported on the streets of St. Louis in the metro area. But Han, uh, this is Helene. Uh, so this is actually yesterday. I was driving home from an eye appointment. This was after Doctor, you know, Doc, Doc, Doctor Biden's speech, President Biden's speech, um, and I was going past Walmart, and uh, there was a there was a man putting out these flags, huge flags. I don't know, they looked like sixty or seventy flags, and people were lining up to buy the flags, and it said. It was one part of the finger, you know, one part of your hand where the finger, you know, you well, guess it was the middle the, finger, not the, middle the ring finger, finger. Okay, middle okay. finger, and it said. Okay, a bad bad blank, word. Expletive blank, deleted, blank. deleted Biden. Okay, so that wasn't the whole thing. So Unbelievable. Then, so I then mean, I'm then I'm driving further down, and I want you to understand we live in a rural part of, of Missouri, and there's a lot of hay bales. And these hay bales, I've noticed lately, this is not a new thing. That used to be the hay bales were you know, uh, uh, whatever, strung up with green all around whatever. it. But now there's a there's a there's a American flag stringing the uh-huh. all these uh-huh. hay bales, and the these flags were in the middle of the hay bales going down the highway. <laughs> so this, I mean, this we, it's sad. Joe Biden lost an opportunity the other day to really bring America together in his COVID nineteen speech and to be humble and take an opportunity to say, look, folks, in advance of nine eleven, I admit I've been really heavy handed with this. I'm not here to criticize and demean those who were vac- unvaccinated many of you may have natural immunity i i you know i think that employers ought to recognize that as being you know, uh, some evidence of protection against the virus and i'm just hoping that you'll all you know give me a second chance let's see if we can crush this thing together i need your help rather than i hate you and you're like a leper and it's all your fault again but it's a part of the victim playbook and it just was such a lost opportunity. And it makes it, it makes me even angrier on this day you know, of all days when we had a chance to bring people together. It is surprising to hear Helene say that uh, just now because I will show you this photo, uh, Dr. Dolor. Just yesterday when I was driving home from work, uh, right at the uh, intersection of 40 and Hampton, uh, there was a person standing there in the middle of the street, uh, sort of on the median. If I had to guess, I would say just based on how this person was dressed and their age, they're probably a veteran. And he was holding a, a, a bunch of signs and the people who were waiting there at the stoplight had their windows down. And I heard applause and clapping and hooping and hollering. And huh. among the signs, one of them said F Biden. <laughs> so okay, it's pretty so, much the same thing that so your the wife same just said. Thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that was just I mean, yesterday. I think it's it's a it's a goose and gander thing. I mean, we saw the left, and that's when I gave my my little the speech that Biden should have given soliloquy the other uh, you know last hour. And by the way, that'll be up on the podcast, I guess later, right, Matt? That's right. Uh, uh, probably next. about an hour a- a- after yeah. the show. As long as I can get it chopped up, it'll be right there on uh, on NewstalkSTL.com. Right. So you can uh, you can reprise that in the second hour of the show if you'd lo- if you'd like. 
But, uh, you know, it, it just occurs to me that uh, this was a lost opportunity. And, you know, we talked about that and, and hopefully you, you guys will take a listen and maybe share that with uh, friends. But I think that um, uh, if Biden would have admitted that there, the, the reason that many Americans now don't trust institutions, including the National Institutes of Health, uh, you know, FDA, CDC, is because of the missteps in the previous administration, weaponizing the DOJ, uh, the IRS previously to that in the Obama administration against 501c3s that were more conservative leaning uh, first principles, constitutional educational organizations. We've, we heard about that. We interviewed those people. Their businesses were ram- basically ransacked in a regulatory way by uh, government regulators. Um, and and no wonder if Biden would have said, look, and I'm putting an end to that. We got to stop this. You know, it's not going to be a one upsmanship. I can I can out um, regulate you. I can out bully you. I can out tyranny you. Instead, he doubled down on it. And it was a shame to see. Uh, as we uh, continue to think about the 9-11 experience, you're welcome to call in. I would really invite your phone call to to weigh in on your reaction in this very turbulent and and just politically charged time uh, as they continue to read the names of the uh, of the 9-11 victims. Uh, call in to 314-912-1019, 912-1019. I'll remind you, too, that you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Randy Tobler MD throughout the week on my show page, uh, the Randy Tobler Show uh, Facebook page. And, of course, a lot of that also appears on News Talk uh, STL uh, page as well, Facebook page. Um, you know, I tweeted out uh, something uh, about the speech uh, this week, and it was amazing, the hatred that, that happened. I had people, oh, my gosh, it's just amazing. It's just, uh, you wonder if social media hadn't hadn't just captivated everyone and taken over so much of our time, whether the division and the polarization would be as strong as it is. I, I, I wasn't active at all that I remember on social media at that time. Well, what was the social media... Was that like MySpace? Was that the one that was a- active at that time? Or was Facebook just emerging? I don't remember. I don't think Facebook was around yet. Uh, no. I don't think Facebook was until about 05 or 06. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not even sure that MySpace was, was very big no? back okay. then. Okay, yeah. I mean, social media is relatively recent. I mean, within the last 20 years or so, people had web pages, home pages. There was something called Friendster where you could link up with people. But um, wow. yeah, I, I don't know if MySpace actually was, was dominant yet. Mm. And MySpace... Not to get off on a tangent, it's still around, but it's just for music now. Very, very strange. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay, nobody knows around. that. I, I nobody's so aware of it. If you have a band, I guess you can get on MySpace, but that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much all that people use it for now. Well, I you know, I just find it all fascinating that it's really propelled the ability of people to to anonym relatively anonymously. I mean, you don't have to look someone in the face or or right. call them on your flip phone and have them hear the inflection in your voice when you when you snipe and snark at them, you know, and that and it's it's enabled we talked about it earlier in the first hour. I mean, this day is about evil. It's about the very worst of evil. And the very best of goodness that can reside in the human being, in the human existence, uh, that the people that rushed to the danger, the firefighters that went up the stairs when you knew everyone, they had to know, they, these were experienced firefighters, they had to know what they were walking into. And yet they did it anyway. We think about police officers who despite the bashing of the police, the defund the police, will still to this day run into the gunfire and run towards the danger. 
Now, you wonder how long they're willing to do that. We are hearing of mass exodus from police departments all across the country, especially in those precincts where the defund movement is so strong, that people taking early retirement. Uh, and on the other end, people not enrolling in you know the academy. That's happening as well. And now, big surprise, those, uh, those uh, cities like Minneapolis and others are having second thoughts as the crime rates go up, the murders go up. I mean, it's just, it's just the the crazy, irrational decision making going on in this country. All for, as I said before, it's it's about the accumulation of power and prestige, and ultimately, I think, driven by the money angle, right? I mean, that's the other thing. Well, we're going to step aside and then talk to Michael Geyer, award-winning director uh, and producer of uh, a new documentary about healing the heroes of 9-11, just out today, in fact. So can't wait to do that right after the break. And we would uh, commend that to you. It's uh, 18 after the hour here in St. Louis at uh, News Talk STL. Newstalkstl.com, 1019, 94.1 on your FM dial. Android or iOS app, and of course, an Alexa skill as well. So, uh, NewstalkSTL.com. There's no excuse not to stay in tune with us now and throughout the weekend and the week. I'm Randy Tobler along with Max Foise. We are The Tobler Show. Back in a moment. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer on Newstalk STL. Maybe that something fell off the building. It may be that something has fallen. We, we don't know, to be perfectly honest. But that is what you're looking at, is the current. That, that's the scene at this moment at the World Trade Center. Dan Daler from ABC's Good Morning America is down uh, in, in the general vicinity. Dan, can you tell us what has just happened? Yes, Peter. It's, it's Don Daler down here. four blocks north of the World Trade Center. The second building that was hit by the plane has just completely collapsed. The entire building has just collapsed as if a demolition team set off. When you see the old demolition into these old buildings. It's folded down on itself and it is not there anymore. That should be it. It has completely collapsed. The whole side has collapsed? The whole building has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed? The building has collapsed. That's the southern tower you're talking about. Exactly. The second building that we witnessed the airplane enter. I have not experienced any health issues and I get myself checked out, but definitely... Yeah, post-traumatic stress, absolutely. Like when I, I was only there for like five days, but when I stopped going and, you know, sort of tried to just live my life again, it was really, really hard. You know, I was depressed. I was anxious. I couldn't make a simple decision. Yeah, all those things. It just, it's still with me. It's still, you know, like, there are times when I talk about 9-11 and I feel myself, and I'm just right back there. I just, I start to get choked, choked up and I, and I realize, ah, oh, this is still a big part of me. And now that we're in our, you know, this is the 20th year anniversary, I know that for a lot of people that were down there, it's definitely a trigger. Thanks for being with us and staying with us this morning on the 9-11 anniversary edition of um 
the Randy Tobler Show. Steve Buscemi was a New York City firefighter, and that was his uh, relation of what uh, those memories bring to him. And we know that in the wake of the Afghanistan withdrawal, we are seeing an uptick as a, as that is a trigger of PTSD among Afghan uh, Afghanistan volunteer or veterans. And we're really privileged to talk to Michael Geyer now. He's the award-winning director and producer of Healing the Heroes of 9-11, a documentary that is released today in honor of this um, this very, very special day. And you can learn more at Geyer, that's G-I-E-R productions.com slash healing the heroes of 9-11. Welcome, Michael. Thank you for being with us on this very important and special day. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your um, your entree into this field and, and how you've arrived at this uh, this very profound and compelling production. Uh, I've, I've seen the trailer. It is something else. And not only applying to uh, the victims of 9-11, their relatives, or people that uh, have long-term effects, but uh, the, the, the other first responders, uh, firefighters, policemen, the doctors, nurses, others that suffer from this. It's, it's really, a, a, unfortunately, a well-kept secret in many ranks to this day, isn't it? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is that there are a lot more people battling post-traumatic stress than I think most people realize. And the good news is there is a way to give anybody who is in that battle their lives back. And so I've done two films so far on that topic. One was called Wounded Heroes that we released in March. Um, That's available now already out on Amazon and iTunes and all the different platforms. And then today we released Healing the Heroes of 9-11, because we wanted to show that if 9-11 first responders who really experienced incredibly traumatic events and, and they saw things, heard things, smelled things that have affected their lives dramatically for 20 years, if they can be healed from post-traumatic stress, that should show anybody else battling post-traumatic stress that they also can be healed. And that's really what happens in Healing the Heals of 9-11. They do get their lives back. Yeah. So in the documentary, uh, do you do you talk uh, with uh, not only the victims of the PTS, but but, you know, those around them? Uh, how would you tell us a little bit about the construct and the and the, the texture of the of the documentary? Yeah. So so for this, for first of all, this one's an hour long documentary. We, we didn't want it to be too long so that people can, you know, get the gist of what it needs to the message without having to sit through an hour and a half to our feature film. Uh, but it's such a powerful film because the first 30 minutes is just hearing five different first responders from Ground Zero and the Pentagon talking about that morning before the attack and then when the attack happened and then after when they showed up on site and what they experienced. And, you know, one of the things um, I, I heard many times from them was that one of the hardest things was showing up there excited and gun ho to save lives. And when mm-hmm. they got there, they just looked around at ground zero and they're just like, there's no one to save. They were all gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was devastating because, you know, that's why they have their job is to get up there and, and help um, and save lives. And, and there was no one to save. And that was very traumatic for them. That's that's interesting. So I don't think I've ever thought of it that way, Michael, that, you know, I think that mm-hmm. I would have assumed that they would have been warned that this was no longer, a, a you know, a, a, a save mission. It was a recovery mission at that point, not a rescue mission, but a recovery mission. I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't aware that they, they had mixed messages uh, heading up there. That's wild. 
Well, and you're right. I mean, eventually that message did go out that it was recovery yeah. only. But when they first all got there, you know, yeah. they were just there to save. And yeah, that message hadn't been sent out because they all everybody was hoping there were would be people to save. And how sad is that? I mean, it's just it's devastating. But then after those that first thirty minutes, then we go into explaining the protocol that's featured in this film called the TRP Trauma Resiliency Protocol. And then we put the first responders on camera through TRP, and then we brought them back for an interview a couple of days later just to see if there was any kind of an impact on their lives. And all five of them had a very positive, dramatic impact. One of our gals, Bonnie, she, when she came, came to New York the last 20 years, she said, I was in, I was out, I didn't look around, I hated it, I hyperventilate, I was a mess. And she said, after TRP, she goes, this was the first time in 20 years I came into the city and I felt like a tourist. I was relaxed, I looked around the city, I saw the skyline again, I forgot how beautiful it is. And, yeah. and she said, I enjoyed myself and I can't wait to come back. I mean, that's a dramatic yeah. change in someone's life. Wow. And, and and the TRP, tell us a little bit more about that without uh, unveiling all of the secrets. Is it a is it a, a, a proprietary program of one organization? Is it a psychological paradigm? What, tell us a little more about TRP. Yeah, yeah it, it's uh, so this is brought to you by an organization called 220.org. They, they actually funded the film. They're a nonprofit and they're giving the film away for free. It's on their website, uh, 220.org. Z-E-R-O.org, and anybody can watch it at no cost. I just checked myself, and it's there right now. And uh, so they brought it to everybody, and they do TRP. So it is a neurological intervention that has been around. There's others that do it. They call it ART, Accelerated Resolution Therapy. There's something called RTM, Reconsolidation of Traumatic Memories. All three of them are very similar uh, but in how they do it, and they have the same outcome. TRP is just... Um, They've just taken what's been around for a while and they've tweaked it and made it their own and they've made it more, in their opinion, you know, more improved, I guess you would call it. Um, the great thing is you don't have to talk about the trauma, the traumatic events, which is huge. Someone who's been gone through a rape or something, the last thing they want to do is have to give the details over and over again to a, a professional. Um, they want to be able to walk in there, not even have to talk about the trauma and get healed from it, which is amazing. And... Um, it's a neurological, neurological intervention that separates the emotion from the memory. Because right now, when they think about whatever the event was, there's just all of this emotion that comes with it. Um, and so being able to let it process out and separate that emotion from the memory, they can now think about the memory, but there's no emotional connection anymore. Um, it's very sad. Like one of the guys in the film, he said he when he thought about 9-11, 20 years ago, and he hasn't even been able to go back to Ground Zero in 20 years. The museum, uh, memorial, nothing. Couldn't go back. He said he just had this overwhelming emotional response, head to toe, where he said my whole body wanted to throw up. And he said now, he goes, he goes, I feel like it's like just a little peanut. And, and he says that on camera. He goes, it's just this tiny little thing. He goes, of course, I'm sad. I don't remember it. But it he goes, now it's normal. It's a normal emotion versus this overwhelming emotion. And in the film, we film him for the first time in 20 years. He goes back to the memorial, and we filmed him walking through the uh, museum as well, which is also oh, a huge change in his life. Yeah. That's remarkable. And I'm sure that the people who are who struggle along with the uh, the sufferers of PTS, you know, certainly appreciate that as well, because it becomes not just an individual 
uh, experience. Obviously, it's shared by those around that person, from family to friends. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so the ripple effects here are so negative on the one hand and positive after they've gone through this training. This is amazing. Uh, again, folks, we're talking with Michael Geyer, award-winning director and producer of Healing the Heroes of 9-11. His previous documentary, Wounded Heroes, is out on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, all the those of Roku, uh, YouTube. And so perhaps today this would be a wonderful way to learn about the problem uh, and then uh, the the hope that uh, that uh, resides here uh, in the TRP program and, and getting a handle on this. For, for these Afghanistan veterans that, I, I got to tell you, Michael, I have a nurse I work with who went to school with a young man who was in and out of institutions with this problem. And uh, word has it that he committed suicide while all of the withdrawal was going on over the last couple of weeks. And he's, I mean, we, we're seeing an uptick in reports of suicides among veterans, not just of Afghanistan, but other wars, but especially of Afghanistan. So this is a really critical moment when this film could not be more timely and more important for to give people hope and a resource rather than the desperation that leads to suicide. The, the numbers on suicide are staggering, aren't they? Yeah, it's reported, you know, for veterans alone, 20 plus per day. And that's not even counting all the first responders who also have high suicide rates. It's crazy. One of my favorite uh, charities is Heroes Care here in St. Louis. They're based out of Fenton. And I know that they have pro bono psychologists who uh, will and counselors who will talk with people. And I know that uh, the numbers I've heard is, you know, between 50 and 100, you know, uh, the last time I heard suicides that have been presented, prevented every year. I mean, it's tremendous. But people have to have hope. Right. They have to have hope and they have to have resources. That's why I'm so thankful that you've done this. Uh, again, uh, so they can, add, you said, how can folks access this? Through your website, GeyerProductions.com. I've seen that there. And how else can they learn about mm-hmm. the, the Healing for Heroes? Yeah, going to 220.org, the organization that brought the film to the world and does TRP. And here's the other great thing. They do TRP for free for veterans, active duty military, first responders, and their families. So it doesn't even cost you a penny to get your life back. Just contact 220. Watch the film. Contact them. They'll take care of you. Great. And that 220 is spelled out, I think, or is it? Uh, is it's it? uh, the, Yeah, it's the, it's the number two. Number two, and then spell out zero, Z-E-R-O dot org. Okay, okay, good. Well, we thank you very much for doing this, and I really hope that folks will access the films, both of them, both Wounded Heroes and mm. um, the, the new one, uh, Healing the Heroes of 9-11, a documentary by our guest, Michael Geyer. And we really thank you for doing this and look forward to more work from you. Thanks for being with us on this special, special day and special show. Absolutely, thank you. There he is, Michael Geyer. And it's spelled G-I-E-R if you want to access his website, Michael uh, Geyer. Uh, it's just under Geyer Productions, G-I-E-R Productions.com. When we come back, we're going to talk with uh, another another guest, that, and we're going to approach the 9-11 you know, uh, discussion and the way we're celebrating the, the American spirit, but also some of the pathology that now seems to have crept in our society and put some dots together um, and talk with uh, Mike Gonzalez from uh, Heritage. He's got a new book out uh, underpinning the Black Lives Matter agenda. And uh, I want to I contrast. We're talking about evil today. There's a lot of evil in the hearts of people that want to spawn hatred because of immutable characteristics of others in our society. Namely, um, it's all about white supremacy. It's always about white supremacy with a certain group. And Mike's there to rip 
the Band-Aid off of that. So we'll uh, we'll talk with Mike when we come back. Here on the Tober Show as we wrap up our three-hour special 9-11 edition. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the program as we wrap up our special 9-11 edition. And um, I we didn't want to just do 9-11 all morning because you're going to get a lot of that. You've already had a lot of it. It's a very somber, solemn, important, pivotal time to remember those who perished, not only that day, but afterwards, both domestically because of disease that they acquired and and cancers and respiratory diseases from those who were involved in the recovery and cleanup, but also those who served in our wars abroad to keep uh, the terrorist and the evil away rather than here. And and, and it, it occurred to me that we need to talk about and I don't want to, there's no way I want to make a moral equivalence between Afghani terrorists Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, um, you know, the Iranians, uh, and and what's been going on in our country. Uh, I don't want to do what the lefts do about people that fly don't tread on me flags and call them, you know, Nazis and call them, you know, domestic terrorists. But I am concerned about unrest that is unbridled, unrestricted, and in fact, these days, encouraged by our elitariat, as I call them, Congress people. Our vice president who supports um, bailing out people who were involved in riots and others. And so I think that's the connection I'd like to make in this last segment. And it's a verb. It's a privilege to talk with Mike Gonzalez from Heritage. He's a senior fellow there at Heritage and has written a, a pivotal book that everyone needs to read. And uh, we now invite him to join us on the program. How you doing, Mike? Thanks for being with us this very special day. Hey, uh, Randy. Yes, uh, we all remember where we were. I was in Brussels at the office of the Wall Street Journal, and it is a summer. But let me let me take up on where you just left off because we have the 20th December, 20th anniversary of 9/11. But we also have the 30th anniversary of our victory over communism. People forget, and it's it's 30 years now that the Soviet Union fell after decades of opposing communism. We won, or we thought we had won. And here's where I go to what you were saying. Uh, it is a sad irony that though we thought we had defeated Marxism, i.e. communism, now we're finding ourselves uh, confronting Marxists, except now they're inside the gate. And by that I mean the, 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 the organizations and the founders and leaders of Black Lives Matter. Now, very quickly, I want to make clear to you and your listeners that if you we're talking about the concept, I fully embrace the concept. I don't even say all lives matter, although obviously all lives do matter. I think it's important to say black lives matter because our, our, our black compatriots have gone through moments of suffering on decades and centuries of, of, of tragedy that none of us can imagine. But the organizations and their founders are committed Marxists and they want to A, smash uh, the existing society, to quote one of their founders, Alicia Garza, dismantle the organizing principle of society. <laughs> And B, they like they like Marxism and they hate capitalism, so that's what they, they want to embrace. Uh, and I put all that in my new book, as you put it, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. And I'm uh, gratified uh, because I want the message to get out that it is selling quite well. It is now number one in African-American history, number two in political philosophy. So, so uh, I, I think we need to expose this because the media never does. 
And, you know, we, we just got done talking with the producer of a, of a documentary uh, on healing the heroes of 9-11. And it's, uh, he talked about something called tactical resilience process, which apparently helps disconnect the emotions associated with a traumatic event. And you referenced the, the long-standing trauma that, that black people in America underwent for years until they were freed, uh, first by the Civil War and, and Abraham Lincoln, and then later on fully freed in, in the Civil Rights Movement of the 60s. And so we can acknowledge that there's some, that there's some post-traumatic stress that exists, even though maybe it wasn't direct descendants of, of black, uh, current contemporary blacks. But people right. have taken and weaponized that experience against Everything that is American, Mike, everything, our founding principles about equality of opportunity, uh, about true justice, meaning, you know, there is a right and there is a wrong and we're going to have a way to adjudicate that in courts. And that's what I think is so disturbing about this. People who, the founders of BLM who have, what, three houses, you know, and yet they talk about the oppression of the black person. Uh, the, you know, the object, the object of truth is that those those oppressive shackles have been broken long ago, and now people have created an industry. And you chronicle, I think, the damage that that's doing in America in your book, BLM, The Making of a New Marcus, Marxist Revolution. They want to tear down this whole society, right? Uh, Randy, you, you really put it just beautifully. Uh, it sounds like you've read my book. I don't know if you have. But uh, look, I'm going to quote uh, Alicia Garza who told a group of Maine leftists in 2019, this is a quote, quote, we're talking about changing how we've organized this country. I believe we all have work to do to keep dismantling the organizing principle of this society. This is what they want to do. For people listening, that means every aspect of your life, right? Your son's little league, uh, your daughter's uh, Girl Scout uh, troop. It means or dismantling because they, as you said, it's like it's like these people don't travel. They find our system oppressive. Now, as a foreign correspondent, I have lived in seven countries at least a year. I have reported from practically every country in Asia and Europe, and many from Latin America. And I can tell you, America is not just not oppressive. America, for all its faults, right? Let's admit imperfections, but for all that, we're still the fairest most prosperous society where, where humans can flourish. And to say that we're oppressed, and we this is a, an oppressive system, and we need to smash it because capitalism is racist, which is which is just, it's just uh, false, uh, it's something that should give us pause, especially since Black Lives Matter have been so successful at completely changing our lives. You may not be aware, I'm talking to your listeners right now, but, but we live in a Black Lives Matter world. Everything from the critical race theory that's entering all of our lives to the, to the horrendous spike in the homicide rate that we're seeing in our cities, all of this is the result of Black Lives Matter, what they did, and the summer of 2020. Well, and you're right, and I have read the book, and I'm struck by the way you, like you said, you, you do an objective interpretation of why they evolved, how they evolved, but using their own words. You know, there's there's no dispute when someone says, you know, we what, what was the one quote that was brought out? It, it caught my uh, it caught my attention. Um, 
Oh, am I a Marxist? You talked about colors. Oh, yeah, am I a Marxist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, am I a Marxist? I do believe in Marxism. It's a philosophy I learned in my organized. And so you're using their own words. Now, some of them have walked that back, and we know that their, you know, their their website has been changed, but you can't deny their roots and where they're coming from. And isn't it ironic, Mike Gonzalez, that they, they use the very freedom and justice and instruments of a free people through a constitutional republic to undo that republic. I mean, how ironic is that? And have they really thought that through very much? You have to wonder at some point if they haven't become so obsessed with their agenda that they forgot how they got their voice they have. That's what's amazing to me. Well, I don't care now. They can walk back anything. What they say, you know, as Maya Angelou said, when people tell you who they are the first time, believe them. I don't care if they now come out and say, no, 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 we're, we're for puppies and little babies. No, I'm going to go with when they said we want to smash society and we hate capitalism and we're Marxist-Leninists. I'm going to go with that, uh, you know, Randy. Um, and, 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 you know, communists, because Marxism means communism, communists have always used our liberties to, 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 to come in and, and then destroy that liberty. They themselves, they, 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 they agree with, you know, they're, they're, they're inspired by critical race theory. Critical race theory uh, is on the record as saying it, it, it doesn't like liberal democracy. It doesn't like the equality principle. Uh, they don't like freedom of speech uh, because they think freedom of speech is something that only the rich can benefit from. Uh, Black Lives Matter, the organizers, they, they, they want to use all of our freedoms in order to implement a system that has failed everywhere, right? Uh, communism is perfect in only one way. It fails everywhere. God has tries, God tries really hard. He's even provided us with perfect laboratory experiments. He's given us North Korea and South Korea, East Germany and West Germany. And he said, look at these two systems, choose. And yet there are people who say, oh yeah, North Korea and East Germany. I'm going to go with that. Well, I think it's, I think it's amazing that we live in a time when political correctness is the only way that is acceptable to act in the academy, in business. Um, certainly now, even in the Pentagon, we see how our leaders got distracted from planning and executing a proper withdrawal in Afghanistan, um, you know, because of their uh, allegiance to the, the kinds of things that you talk about in your book. Uh, and again, I want to highlight this because it is not on Amazon, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution by my guest, Mike Gonzalez. Um, do, you, do you have any hope for America setting its compass again towards true north? Because it seems to me I have this vision of America's body politic and our leadership, especially, Mike, as one of these compasses that you just see spinning endlessly. There's there's no true north. It, it, my lived experience is my true north for today, and you better not criticize it. And um, it's your fault if I fail. I have no personal responsibility for my actions or my outcomes. It's always someone else's fault. It's an oppressive situation, unless I'm a white male. <laughs> do you say? Do you have any hope for a, for a correcting of the of the direction? Yeah, you know, uh, again. <laughs> You really have it exactly right. Two things. One, I have no hope at all in a political class or a media. Our media is the worst. They, they have completely, all the stuff that I use in my book, as you said, I'm, I'm quoting them. I'm quoting Black Lives Matter and I'm quoting their leaders. The media looked at this and decided not to quote them. They hid it. 
So, so they have been awful at this. They have not covered Black Lives Matter. They covered for them. Our political class is afraid. Why? It's to, 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 to point out the problems with Black Lives Matter. Why? Because of the title and the concept. As I said, the concept is unimpeachable. And they're politicians. They're afraid. So, so my job is to expose all of them and expose them for their inaction. However, I must tell you that I'm incredibly optimistic. In the last three months, I have traveled to some 15 American cities, Denver, Dallas, uh, Austin, Chicago, uh, Madison, Milwaukee, etc. Talking to crowds, people who are opposed to this, people who are saying, what? No. Critical race theory in Black Lives Matter are now meeting the American people for the first time. And the American people, normal people of all races, families, are gathering. I get, I get crowds of, 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 of sometimes of 400. Uh, I'm not that electrifying a speaker, trust me. And I'm going to be traveling to 15 other cities in the next three months. My, my, I'm speaking tonight in Richmond. Uh, you know, uh, my, my schedule is really busy. I am completely optimistic. I think we continue to be that country that is that is uniquely and exceptionally attached to liberty. Well, Mike, I can't uh, commend this book any more highly to, to my audience than uh, than to say that it's endorsed by Victor Davis Hanson, uh, resoundingly by Ben Shapiro and by other prominent and respected authors. And uh, you are in now a uh, highly regarded and honored group. Mike Gonzalez, thank you for being with us on this 9-11. I hope everyone will pick up the book and read it because it's a, it's a must read to fight back against the tyranny of BLM and related, uh, you know, hate groups. Let's just put it no other way. Thanks for being with me. All the best to you in your speech tonight and uh, going forward. We hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, anytime, Randy. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. And never forget 9-11. We will never forget. And ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap it up for this edition of The Tobler Show. Remember, if you missed any part of it or if you want to commend it to someone else's listening, the podcast will be up later this afternoon. Remember that we should never forget that evil exists. We will route it out. We will continue to call it out and celebrate the freedom, the beauty of this beautiful America.